0: When I make music, I don't know what I'm doing, really. (laughs) I don't know any chords. I don't know any, uh, all of that, like, theory or whatever. I just kind of, like, figure it out and, like, put my fingers where it just sounds good.
1: Welcome to Off-Key. A member on Labs podcast about music professionals for non music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Join me, an industry novice, in conversations with members of Canada's music industry to learn more about their roles and how they first got started in the music business. Today on Offkey, I'm chatting with Tristan Thompson, a musician from Victoria, BC. We talked about how he first got into music while working as a Michael Jackson impersonator at 12, his teenage years working with a record label, and of course his solo project, Diamond Cafe, that he has pursued since becoming an independent artist at 18. If you enjoyed today's episode, please help us out by leaving us a rating and review, as well as sharing Off Key with your friends, and let's get right into my conversation with Tristan. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did.
2: Oh
0: all night long. Yeah. I first got started in music when I was about 12 years old and that began with me doing dance impersonations of Michael Jackson nice so um I was uh I was like in, around the time when he passed away which was 2009 and um I got interested in him because of the news stories and all that stuff. And my dad was a big fan back in the 80s and stuff. And he used to dance like him. So my dad taught me like the moonwalk and all that. (laughs) Um, I basically spent hours and hours and hours in front of the mirror perfecting it. And once I got to the point where I felt I was comfortable showing people, um, we made a used Victoria ad. And It was a twelve-year-old Michael Jackson impersonator for birthday parties and all that type of stuff, and so people would email us and and uh, I'd play everything. I played, I got, I played weird house parties <laughs> being the Michael Jackson impersonator at like weird punk shows, and so I was like so strange. Yeah. When you were like twelve. When I was twelve. Oh my god! And how old were
1: yeah. the people that were hired? They were all you? like
0: twenty-four, and they were like big partiers where was, was this is this
1: in town this was in town oh, it was amazing. like
0: they it was like mostly fernwood like art shows and stuff it was yeah it was very hilarious um and uh as i started growing up i started like wanting to sing a little bit more i i uh i bought a kind of like a, a home workstation keyboard for like 50 bucks and uh i started like trying to play piano and i just kind of like I have no, um, when I make music, I don't know what I'm doing, really. (laughs) I don't know any chords. I don't know any, uh, all of that, like, theory or whatever. I just kind of, like, figure it out and, like, put my fingers where it just sounds good. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that way, and I started singing to what I was playing. And um, people were like, oh, you kind of have a little bit of a voice. You You should practice. And so... Uh we had family karaoke nights.
1: Oh, that's fun. <laughs>
0: and that really helped. <laughs> so I owe everything to my family for uh getting me where I am now. Um and just uh yeah, I was basically I kinda grew up with music with the family and stuff, so
1: did you find that the music that you were listening to when you were younger, say like Michael Jackson and stuff, mm-hmm. are those big influences on your sound now?
0: Um my family used to play a lot of like soul and funk records mm-hmm. from the 70s, and I feel like, and the early 80s, and so I feel like that's kind of became more of like an inspiration to me. Not not necessarily like because um, I don't really listen to Michael Jackson music for inspiration. I just kind of like dive into like old, really rare, old soul and funk records, and that gets me, gets me excited to create music.
1: When you started getting into music and stuff, did you ever um, look into doing lessons and things like that, or do you kind of stick to being self-taught and, like, this sounds good, let's go with this?
0: Yeah, I st- I stuck to being self-taught because I, fe- I feel like if I was to learn all of that theory and everything, I'd just think about it too much, mm-hmm. and it'd make me go crazy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so I just kind of, like, stick to what I do now that makes me comfortable.
1: For anyone who is unfamiliar with your music or your sound, mm-hmm. would you mind describing your, like, solo project Diamond Cafe a little bit and kind of, yeah, describing yourself as an artist if you can. Obviously, it's a little bit difficult to do. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so how I came up with Diamond Cafe was um, the name actually came to me when I was dreaming, which was kind of weird. It sounds kind of cheesy, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought, whoa, this is sick. And... I just felt like I used to listen to a lot of music late at night. Um, And I used to, um, I guess how I describe myself is kind of like really like sexy night funk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of people say that your music is just like so like, we take it for a drive, like just at night, night drives and stuff. So I would describe it as late night music, Um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to create something that really made me feel, um, make me feel something like, I don't know, nostalgic and like a dreamy feeling, and that's where the project comes out. And uh, I used to be, I used to be signed to a record label when I was uh, 15, up until I was 18 when I started Diamond Cafe, and they wanted me to be a teen pop star.
1: Okay. How old are you now? Sorry. I'm
0: 21 now. I just turned 21. Um, and, uh, they wanted me to be a teen pop star. And that was like, so it was such a weird and funny experience because, um, it, if I didn't have that experience, I don't think I'd be the artist I am today, but, um, it, uh, I was singing all songs that were like manufactured and none of my own stuff. And when I started creating songs or writing songs um, and I brought them to people, they liked them more than the teen pop mm-hmm. stuff. And um, that label kind of got a little jealous because they wanted to really push their songs instead of mine. And then we had this whole kind of crazy falling out. And, and um, I just took all those songs that I wrote and kind of refined them and they became Diamond Cafe songs.
1: Could you tell me a little bit more about that experience working with the label? Like, how did you first, I guess, get started in working from them? And then what was kind of the moment that you were like, okay, I'm out over this?
0: Um, I posted covers on YouTube like every teen singer Mm -hmm. (laughs) back in 2012 and all those those weird times in my life. Um, Are they still up there? (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be taking them down pretty soon but uh (laughs) but yeah um i i posted my first cover when i was uh i think it was like uh when i was 15 i posted covers on youtube and like about a month later i got an email from this label called chatter records and it was this guy who um had a passion for writing songs and he thought um, I was the perfect fit for singing his songs, like The Face and The Image and all that. And um, they were going to put some money behind it. So I was interested, of course. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So...
1: At this point, were you interested in music enough? Obviously, you were interested in putting work out there because you were mm-hmm. doing stuff online and things. But were you like, I want to pursue a career as a musician?
0: Yes. Okay. I, was, I wanted to be... And the next Justin Bieber. Cool. <laughs> <We all laughs> so I was <laughs> all yeah, so I was all for it. I was like, yes, this would be sick. And I did some pretty crazy things with that project. Like I um I was on YTV. Really? Yeah, which is crazy. Whoa. Yes.
1: Yeah. For Canada, that's huge. Yeah, I know. So I was wow. I was doing
0: that and um it tripped me out a lot. I was like, Whoa, this is my childhood. Yeah, it channel twenty two. Exactly. Crazy. <laughs> so it was like, whoa. Um so I had some pretty cool experiences with that. I was on breakfast television in the morning. Um, but just people weren't catching on to it. It was just kind of, you could tell it was kind of like manufactured, and kind of fake. And and um, so by the time I turned 18, I was, you know, I had all the equipment and stuff. I had just had, um, I had like you know, MIDI controllers where I could play and produce my own music. And, um, I worked with enough producers to like really get like a feel for how to like mix songs and stuff. And, and, um, I started writing and I brought them to the record label I was for. And they were like, yeah, they're uh, a little sexual, but we can, we can change them. So they like changed up my lyrics and, oh, and I funny. was just kind of like made me frustrated a little bit because they was still, even though I was 18, they wanted me to still have that kid, Appearance kind of thing so I was like oh, I don't know about this and um when I brought them and recorded with them and like I went to Toronto to record all these songs and and all these producers picked out my songs rather than theirs and that got them really really jealous and we had this whole like feud kind of thing back and forth with emails and it got to a point where they're just like okay we're done we've had enough and I was like yes yes yeah, I didn't have to do it <laughs> I didn't have to like go through a bunch of you know crazy lawyer fees and stuff to get out of this contract and um, I was supposed to be signed to a six year contract so it was like a lot Oh wow! so I got out early which was nice and um, and so I like I said I brought those songs and um, I refined them and found the style that i really felt fit the vibe i'm going for and um i just put it out as diamond cafe and people seem to gravitate towards it which was really awesome to see
1: yeah that's really cool Mm -hmm. and you were like doing all that while in school too which is pretty that's pretty crazy yeah um, I guess to get yeah more into your own music project, mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year you released your demo track, Real Thing. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration behind that and kind of how, I guess, because you started, I guess, Diamond Cafe, you said when you were around 18, so it's been like a few years now. Mm-hmm. How have you developed as an artist since, I guess, your first self-titled album in 2017 and also kind of when you broke free from for you quote-unquote here from the (laughs) record (laughs) or when they released you maybe is better
0: yeah so the inspiration behind real thing was well that was actually supposed to be on my self-titled diamond cafe album okay um but because i have a bunch of songs that never made it on that um and i was just like i don't know that was kind of like an impulse release Mm -hmm. it wasn't really meant to be a single but people seem to really love it which is crazy so we uh we decided to put it into my live set. So we're going to be playing that song, which is really fun. It's a fun one. And uh, the inspiration, I was listening to a lot of D'Angelo when I wrote that song at that time, really funky and um, with a like a lo-fi twist to it, the guitars and stuff in there. Um, I'm really happy with the way that song turned out.
1: How have you found, or if you have, like found yourself as an artist and your sound kind of developing since you first started working on solo projects and not Mm -hmm. making somebody else's music?
0: Um, I've really grown, I found myself, I've grown so much as an artist because, um, with my writing style has really changed a lot and I feel like I'm expanding and, um, talking about things that are happening in my life. Um, especially with this uh, some of the new songs that I have been writing that are unreleased Um, because I usually write about love and relationship type stuff but this time I'm writing some songs that are more uh, personal Um, so I've grown that way and I'm really excited to release those and um, just uh, producing I've acquired a lot of uh, gear and just like listening to more records and And listening to my old stuff, I'm just kind of, like, refining some things and getting new mixes that are sounding really sick and tight.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I guess for an independent artist, what is the process like for producing new music? And kind of, for anyone that's interested and maybe in the same boat and is for starting, how do you go from, yeah, just working on a track that you're writing to actually getting it out there to the universe?
0: Um... I feel it's like the same as it would be in a big like professional expensive studio setting. It's just like you're if you're in your room and if you're an independent artist and you're producing in your bedroom um, I feel you still have the same feelings that you would like in an expensive place like for me at least when I write I get into like a tunnel vision and it's just like nothing else matters in the world and I'm just in this like zone and nobody can stop me unless you bother me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like I'm in a state where I'm just kind of like going and going and I'll produce till my ears kind of get all muffled sounding and or I, everything around me sounds muffled and it's kind of, um, it's a good feeling. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of, I think producing independently is like, it, it'd be, the, it's the same feeling as you're in a studio and stuff, but it's just, uh, Um, with just less things around you, which could be uh, beneficial because if you have a lot of... I find that if I'm in like a studio, I get too overwhelmed with everything going on. Rather than when I'm at home, I'm just like in a comfortable space and I'm not pressured. Do you...
1: This is like a little like offside, I guess, but do you consider yourself like an introvert or an extrovert? Because I've often wondered this about a lot of musicians because obviously the act of performance itself is performing Mm -hmm. for other people there's other people involved Um, but I guess across different personality types I haven't really thought a ton about how that plays out do you feel like you lean one way towards another obviously that's like such like a binary like way of looking Mm -hmm. at life and like most people I'm sure like fall kind of in between the two but
0: I think I fall in between the two I'm not too sure really
1: the only reason I thought of that was when mm-hmm. you were saying uh, like the distractions and things. I'm yeah. Like, I'm wondering if like for some people it maybe is nicer to just be like, "This is my space." Yeah, I <laughs> think say. I am
0: not. Yeah, I think I'm not. Way I'm, I feel like. I think I'm in. I think I'm both. I think I'm in in the middle between both. I think.
1: Are you the kind of person that if you're like inspired by something, you're like, "I need to work on this right now," or are you able to be productive if you're like, "I need to work"? say treating it like a nine to five almost like are you able to like set aside a certain amount of hours in a day where you're like i'll be productive during this time is that useful for you or are you the kind of person that if you're doing it you're doing it for like eight hours uh, and yeah that i'm the it. type
0: of person that if it comes to me then it, i have to do it as long as i can and no breaks nothing because i'll lose it pretty fast i have so many half songs mm-hmm. that when i I get a good start on them, but I just can't finish them afterwards because I just, I could take it, I could only take it as far as it could go. Um, But there's, there's songs that just like, when I write a full song, it's just like right in the moment right there. Um, And I can't let it go. I have a hard time with that. I need to work on that. Maybe I should, maybe, maybe I should try and treat it like a nine to five. I wonder what that would be like. I should try that. It'd be weird.
1: (laughs) Could go well. Could go horribly. Yeah. What if it's terrible?
0: Who knows? I'll try it.
1: (laughs) So Diamond Cafe is your solo project, Mm -hmm. um, but you do work like when you're performing with a band and stuff. Do you work with a dedicated group of people or does that kind of switch in and out? Uh,
0: Yes, they're very dedicated. Um, I work with uh, just one set of people that I've acquired (laughs) Um, and they're great people. Um, We've got Angelica who plays... uh, keyboards and synths Um, and we got Brennan Doyle who's on the drums Jasper on the keyboards Adam plays guitar and Lily on backup vocals and they've all just like grown tremendously as as uh, musicians and artists since they've been a part of this and um, they do put in input for live show um, perform or uh, live Renditions of the songs and stuff like that. So I do give the band members some uh, Creative input when it comes to the live performance aspect
1: But mostly you're like bringing them completed songs that have exactly all the parts. Yeah, okay, cool Yeah, I've often it's pretty interesting hearing about the dynamics of like different bands and how that Mm -hmm. works And there's yeah, so many different ways to do it But more often than not I think almost everyone I've talked to has a pretty dedicated team even if it Mm -hmm. is their solo project yeah that yeah obviously like you build up trust and stuff exactly yeah
0: no they're so great
1: um what i guess like how do you find the music scene in victoria how is it pursuing a full-time career in music here and kind of it sounds like you had like an option at one point toronto would have looked like might have been like your future had you stuck with Mm -hmm. the record label what made you decide to stay here
0: um just uh Probably the comfort of Not paying rent at the time And being In my room making music constantly um, Kind of Made me steer away from going To other places Um, I think the music scene here is pretty good I like it Um, There's a lot of support And a lot of people um, Who uh, Really come out and show love um, to all the artists in Victoria Um, but I've got my eyes set on LA right now. Really? Yeah.
1: What are, I guess, yeah if you're thinking about potentially going to a larger city, what are some of the challenges of pursuing a career in music in a city the size of Victoria? Obviously the community is really supportive as Mm -hmm. I have learned throughout doing this project Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, what are some of the challenges?
0: Um, Some of the challenges probably is, um artists finding a place to stay (laughs) um me especially because I have so many equipment so much equipment I don't know where to put I don't know where I'd put everything or keep it (laughs) um but uh challenges I think would be um I would I would say making connections when you first move to a city but I don't know I think you can make that pretty easily if you play a lot of shows and stuff
1: um. What is the draw to LA for you?
0: Um. Well, my manager's there. Okay. And I know a bunch of people there, and um, I just most of my fan base is in LA, mm-hmm. and uh, I played there um this year in around March, and they showed me so much love. They mm-hmm. were singing all the lyrics to my songs, which is crazy. Um and so that's kind of the draw for me. It's just that's where a lot of people um really respond to my music like full on.
1: Yeah, fair. I mean obviously like actually I don't know obviously or not, but um <laughs> being in a small city and pretty ingrained in the scene here like you must. Yeah, I've had some of that here, so it must be pretty crazy mm-hmm. going somewhere else. Yeah,
0: and seeing that's really really crazy.
1: That's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Do you tour a lot outside of like canada? No, no, I haven't
0: been on tour yet I'm trying to Meet with somebody who could get me on tour. So I'd love to tour though. That'd be my favorite thing
1: What's like a dream city that you would love to play in or like a venue? Do you know?
0: I probably already played my dream venue without even realizing it. I, I played um I played a red bull music festival on the the stage it was they, they built a stage around the pink motel in la out in the desert and it was really really cool yeah. so i find that that was like the dream and i accomplished it but i don't know I, I think i'd love to play europe that'd be fun
1: the thought i think of like doing something like the idea of going on tour and stuff all sounds so romantic and so nice yeah I'm i know sure, like it does to everybody but. it
0: does but i heard from friends that it can be a pain too. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've also heard Living this. out of yeah. a
0: suitcase and ugh.
1: oh a hundred percent. Do you have any um I guess because right now you're independent, mm-hmm. you have management, but you're not with a yep. label. Do you ever think that you would go back to a label or
0: I would, yeah, I'd go I'd go with a label.
1: What would I guess that experience need to look like for you in comparison to how you're working with a label before
0: full creative uh full creative um control and yeah that's that's about it full creative control and and um yeah
1: <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know that like maybe isn't what are some of the resources that a label can provide to an independent artist that makes Things like, I guess, what are some of the pros? And then, yeah, we heard some of yours, um, the cons, obviously, but,
0: um, I find a label can help with PR, which, um, a lot of independent artists have struggles with, which I have had struggles with. Um, but, you know, they do say that labels are could be obsolete in the future because of the whole new Spotify, like people are discovering so many new artists with Spotify playlists and, and everything that some artists don't even need labels. Um, but I think, yeah, PR, because like there's labels put a lot of money into artists that they believe in. And um, a lot of artists, you know, don't have money to spend on um, publicists and things like that. So a label can help with that a lot.
1: It's almost like from, I guess, like a business standpoint, like thinking about it as like they're like an investor. Yeah. Right. And you're like a startup. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah. But yeah. Giving up part of that equity is
0: uh-huh. Successful. <laughs> That's a downfall.
1: Do you have any advice being such like a young artist yourself and a young person in the industry? Um, any advice for aspiring
0: young musicians? Um... I think just work hard, really, really work hard. And um, because that's what really shows and really, um, I think, um, builds you up is when people see that hard work and in your performance or, or your, your recordings or whatever is hard work and passion is what is the advice I would give.
1: When you're making music, like did you get into it kind of for the performance part of it or the more like internal like music creation kind of side or
0: I got into it with a little bit of both. I love creating the music because when I bring it to the live show, it's like it feels good to you know get what I wrote and record it out and play and give it to the band. And we play it live for people. And people um, sing back the lyrics and respond. It's like pretty crazy. It's a crazy feeling. So they both go hand in hand. But I like performing a
1: lot. Do you find the process <laughs> of um, making music to be cathartic to you? The songwriting process and yeah, doing more personal projects or?
0: Yeah, I do. I know it really it makes me feel feel good inside.
1: I yeah, I don't know. The whole like making music is just so far from like everything <laughs> that I do. <laughs> that, like anytime I'm just like how do how do you do this?
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of mixing can be stressful. It's just like every little thing you got to just uh like, oh, it's it's tough.
1: <laughs> That's so cool though that you were able to I mean, yeah, you said you like didn't do lessons, but mm-hmm. being able to be in the industry so young. And, like, because you were with a label and you had access to so many resources, mm-hmm. just learning from everyone around you must have been such a cool... Yeah,
0: it was a great experience. i just, like, I'd always make, like, before going to a studio session when I was younger, I'd always, like, make sure to tell myself, watch what they're doing. Like, watch what they're doing with the mouse and what they're, what they're doing in the computer and stuff. And that's how I basically learned, yeah. I was just watching, yeah.
1: <laughs> what are some of the projects that you have coming up this year, Tristan?
0: Some of the pro- I'm planning I want to release a couple songs or maybe even an EP. I don't I'm just trying to uh, get some things sorted out, but I definitely I'm definitely releasing songs this summer. Definitely. Um July 6th, I'm doing Catslano Street Fest in Vancouver. It should be fun. And that's about it. Yeah, cool. so far. Yeah.
1: Where can people find you and your music?
0: Uh, you can find it on spotify at diamond cafe um you can find me on instagram at diamond cafe one and just youtube look up diamond cafe and i should pop up
1: <laughs> awesome thank you so much
0: thank you for having me
1: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and thanks again tristan for coming on to the podcast I've linked to the show notes for this episode in the description, so make sure you check those out for photos, links, and other media on the topics that we discussed during our interview. Once again, if you enjoyed my conversation with Tristan, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, they really do help. And if you have any topics that you'd like me to bring up with one of our next guests, you can either email me at offkey at or send me a message at either membrane labs or links to Arnold on Instagram. Off-Key and Fault Tolerant, our sibling podcast on tech and blockchain, are both produced by Membran Entertainment Canada, a.k.a. Membran Labs, a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We're also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music's rights owners to get paid. If you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membran Labs, you can find out more information on our website, www.membranlabs.com. At the beginning of the episode's intro and throughout the outro, you've been hearing It's Been a Mess by Diamond Cafe, and I'll play you out now with The Way You Used to Love Me. Have a lovely rest of your day, and we'll be back next week chatting with Christina Lau. Thanks again for listening.
2: Stop